Hello, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca S., as in Frank, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, September 1st, 2020, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 1, Bill's story on page two. We will be reading and commenting on two paragraphs, starting with the second paragraph on page two, which begins with, by the time I had, and ends on page three with dollars for that year. Today's readers are Lindsay W., Alice G., Craig F., Ginger C., and Nancy P., The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, August 31st, 2020, are 15,249, that's 15249 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, and 15,250, that's 15250 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lindsay W. to read the OA 12 Steps. Good morning. This is Lindsay W., a recovering compulsive overeater in Houston, Texas. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible 
except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. I pass. Thank you, Lindsay W. I will now ask Alice G. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning, Alice G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Wisconsin. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to serve. Thank you, Alice G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, and we are in chapter one, Bill's story on page two. We will be reading and commenting on two paragraphs, 
starting with the second paragraph on page two, which begins with, by the time I had, and ends on page three with dollars for that year. I will now ask Craig F. to go ahead and read that for us. Okay, good morning. This is Craig F. recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, by the time I completed the course, I knew the law was not for me. The inviting maelstrom of Wall Street had me in its grip. Business and financial leaders were my heroes. Out of this alloy of drink and speculation, I commenced to forge the weapon that one day would turn in its flight like a boomerang and all but cut me to ribbons. Living modestly, my wife and I saved $1,000. It went into certain securities, then cheap and rather unpopular. I rather imagined that they would someday uh, I rightly imagined that someday they, uh, they'd have a great rise. I failed to persuade my broker friends to send me out looking over factories and managements, but my wife and I decided to go anyway. I developed a theory that most people lose money, lost money in the stocks through ignorance of markets. I discovered many more reasons later on. We gave up our positions and off we roared on a motorcycle. The sidecar stuffed with tent blankets and a change of clothes and three huge volumes of financial reference service. Our friends thought a lunacy commission should be appointed. Perhaps they were right. I had had some successes at speculation, so we had a little money. But we once worked on a farm for a month to avoid drawing on our small capital. That was the last honest manual labor on my part for many a day. <clears throat> we covered the whole eastern United States in a year. At the end of it, my reports to Wall Street procured me a position there and the use of a large expense account. The exercise of an option brought in more money, leaving us with a profit of several thousand dollars for that year. Okay, um, so what we're witnessing here, what we're reading about, I think, is the, the rise of the of the great ego, uh, you know, he had early on successes. He had uh, ambition, and the, these early successes, rather than saying uh, to himself, uh, you know, uh, "God's blessed me," uh, or that I've had uh, advantages, or I've had uh, uh, I've had uh, the favor of the universe, he's he's saying. I did it. You know, you read the, you count the eyes in here, and and, and there's a lot of them. And uh, he's uh, taken he's taken that credit partly um, to build himself up so that he can sell himself to get a position, but partly because that is his developing perspective. That uh, you know, I, and and I identify that with that because you know, early in in my career. I had some success. I had uh, uh, um, I had feed payback on a lot of things I did, and 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 I my mindset was uh, I did that. You know, I built that. And uh, the uh, when things would go wrong, it, it was probably God punishing me for for some of the other things I did. But uh, when things went right. It was the payback for my uh, 
brilliance, you know, the payback for uh, being who I am. And uh, that built up an ego, uh, helped build my ego, build on that ego that I already had. And, uh, uh, you know, it's the same with this disease. You know, when, when I had success fighting the disease, um, I had, uh, um, I, I took credit. Uh, you know, if, I, if a diet worked for a while, I lost some weight, uh, I took credit. If it didn't work, if I started eating again, if I started gaining weight again, um, it was probably punishment for the things that I had uh, done wrong. And I... I uh, uh, it, it couldn't be me, you know. My ego was too large to allow for the idea that it, that it could be me. But the the wonderful thing about this ego reducing program of the steps is that sooner or later I uh, uh, I have to come accountable. I have to become real and uh, uh, say that uh, even when there's success, uh, it, it's because of the of the gifts of my higher power it's the it's the it's the grace of 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 god and you know when things go bad sometimes um it's to teach me a lesson you know it's uh it's the best gift of all when things go bad because uh it's another opportunity to enlarge my spiritual life and uh that is a that is part of that ego reducing process that I have to uh, uh, acknowledge and that uh, is for my benefit and for my growth. And, uh, uh, and you know, is the real value of, of the world, that, that ability to learn. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig, for getting us started. <clears throat> Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you would like to share on the second and third paragraphs on page two in the big book, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Teresa P. Christina J. Christina J. Kelly G. Ronnie G. Oh, Kelly G. I think it was. Yeah. Ronnie. Ron- yeah. Ronnie. Shanna C. Shanna C. I think it was Ronnie P. I'm going to put P. I might be wrong. And then Shanna C. Anybody else want to get in the queue before we start sharing? Okay, we've got Teresa P, Christina J, Kelly G, Ronnie P, I think, and Shanna C. Teresa P, go right ahead and everybody else can mute with star one. Uh, Good morning, this is Teresa P, and I'm a recovered, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And uh, one more time, I just love that paragraph. Um, and because I get to face my real problem in life, me, I, I love it. It's I forged the weapon 
that uh, turned on me. And what I get to realize is that, you know, they and it and whatever out there is not my real problem. My real problem is me. And uh, but also I, I heard so much in that uh, paragraph was I, 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 I. You know, I gain success, you know, that, that you know, worldly, worldly success, you know, what do I need to do? And um, early on, I, you know, throughout my life, you know, I've had, um, you know, problems or situations happen. Uh, I grew up with a belief in God, never, never stopped believing in God, but, you know, I, I couldn't trust him because, you know, he just didn't deliver what I felt was needed. I, I made very careful prayers. And I asked for, I didn't really ask for things. I, you know, I was raised in religion. And I, you know, uh, knew to ask for, for good things. But uh, there were a couple of things I really asked for. And then God didn't deliver. My little sister died. And I thought, wow, how how devastating. And and several other things. And uh, also, when I was really young, my, 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 we prayed for my dad to stop drinking. And that didn't happen either. And, you know, just, you know, these important things, just, you know, God just doesn't deliver on. So I then need to do stuff. I don't really know if I made that conscious decision, but I remember, you know, uh, in, in childhood and, and going, well, I have to work at my grades. And, you know, I have to stay away from this. And uh, I have to um, do whatever things. But there again, I started my little I, I, I's. And, you know, and that just grew. And so what happened? Well, life happened, you know, and so I'm pushing along with I, I, I and the food, you know, I got to control the food and I couldn't do that either. I prayed for God's help on that and that, you know, he just didn't, you know, cure me. And so it was a lot more the eyes, you know, and it just got worse and worse and worse because, you know, I was still going to church, still praying every day and, uh, doing the I, I, I thing. And, uh, and you know, and of course, there was the ultimate crash with the, with the food and, uh, and the um, diseases and, and um, almost dying from this compulsive overeating and uh, got me to program. And I got to, you know, slowly see that I was my problem. And I got to see, take off my dirty, thank you, to take off my change my glasses, put on a new pair of glasses and and see the world and see more keep seeing more of God as he really is, you know, loving, taking care of me and that I am my problem and I just get to turn it over one more time. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Teresa P. Christina J. Good morning. Good morning everyone. Christina J from the state of Washington. Boy, uh, this is just the beginning of my life. Bill is describing it uh, down to the uh, bottom line here for me. And what a desperate, anxious existence I had um, in, a, in a dual way. One, I was desperate emotionally and spiritually and physically, actually, to get you to pay attention to me. I wanted validation. I wanted love. It was such a desperate need in me. It started as a child. And I had this drive, like Bill. I was going to prove to the world I was important. Um, 
And so I uh, started out with various types of things, uh, big things, I imagined, and, you know, modeling and all this kind of stuff. And then I hit upon the idea I could be a star, a singing star, a performance star. And I started the journey. Um, models, Vogue models, Shape magazine models, and MTV stars were my heroes. And uh, I began to do absolutely insane things around getting this career happening. I lived in San Diego at the time, went back and forth to L.A. constantly, uh, put our houses on the market for refinancing, uh, refinanced our house. Um, over the years, we lost houses. We eventually went into bankruptcy because of my desperate need for validation and attention. And what was behind all this, like uh, Bill, the uh, weapon that would one day uh, almost kill me uh, on all levels. So, you know, I was young. I pushed forward. I didn't have, uh, I had religious, but I didn't have God. I didn't ask God in. And I did the same thing he did. I ran across the country. We moved across the country. We ran off on this uh, motorbike, not literally, but, uh, and we went to different places we thought would uh, help our career. And it was all desperate. And it was all um, unsettled. It was all fearful, completely fearful-based that I was never going to get there. I didn't know how to do it. Spent all the money, did all this stuff. And in the end, what did I do a year ago as I stood outside on my back porch with the rain coming down as I turned 60? I cried. I cried because it, it ended. God put a stop to it. He stopped the money. He stopped everything. And I had to begin to really work program and begin to find that peace and serenity that was within me, and if he's going to use my tools, my gifts that he's given me, he's going to use them for his service, and that's the end of it. I don't need to validate myself anymore. I don't need to prove to the world anything. I need to be of service to the hearts that are out there, desperate and lonely and struggling for self-acceptance, for uh, using food for comfort. We don't have to do that. And, you know, it's a journey, and this was a journey, and... Um, I don't look back on it and think, oh, how horrible. I look back on it and think, well, God, you showed me one hell of a lot of shit uh, that I don't need to be involved in and that I have you and I have love and acceptance like I've never imagined uh, in these rooms. And when I help people, my heart expands. And right. if I work this program, got to have that daily spiritual reprieve where I'm going to wake up and go, oh, God, you know, I want some food. Luckily, I'm neutral around food right now, but it's only because of one day at a time in this program. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Christina J. Kelly G. Hi, everyone. I'm Ronnie, compulsive overeater in Missouri. Uh, thank you oh, for giving me this. Excuse me. Is this Ronnie P.? It's Ronnie B as in boy. Oh, before you go, Ronnie, was there a Kelly G? Here I am. Yes. Okay, Ronnie, you're after Kelly G. Go ahead, Kelly G. Awesome. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you so much for your service, Kelly, compulsive overeater. Um, I just have to touch on the word boomerang because for me, that is like a synonym in disease. Um, it started when I was a young girl, and I never listened. I never listened to my parents. I did what I wanted to do. And I remember we were at the beach, and I was digging the deepest hole in the sand. And my mom was like, Kelly, don't do that. Someone's going to fall in it. But I didn't care. I was having fun. And I went to go touch the water, and a little while I come back towards the blanket on the sand, and I fall into the hole, and I really hurt myself. 
And that was sort of like the precedent for going forward. And I find for me that anything I do, setting out with the attention of self, setting out with the attention of what can I get from this, whether it be a person, what can I get from this person, or how can I be selfish and manipulate somebody for my own needs? And it always is that boomerang that bites me in the butt. Um, it also is about shortcuts. You know, how many times did I think, well, if I do this, then it will get me to jump, skip, and hop around this. And it always slams me in the face. And um, I just, I realized today the dialogue, my actions, the things that I do on a daily basis are to get me forward. I don't want to circle back. I know what brings me back. I know resentment, anger, selfishness, self-centeredness, all those things boomerang back to me being miserable, the bedevilments, miserable, can't handle my emotions. I, I don't want to go there. So today I have to go forward. I have to go forward without something having me fall in my own hole in the sand. And um, today I wake up with the intention of what can I do for others? How can I get out of my own way? And I just remember being so blindsided and feeling like, how did this hurt me in the end? You know, how did talking to this one guy who was unavailable now make me have no friends? When my intention was just because I wanted friends, I wanted company, I wanted people around. So it's just unbelievable how the mind changes and my motives change when I don't wake up every day with what can I get, how can my needs be met, um, and stomp on the toes and our fellows um, just so I'm okay. And um, today I'm not looking to to do things that end up hurting me in the end. I want to do things that make others better. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Kelly G. Ronnie B., it's your turn, and then we'll have Shana C. Hi, everyone. Good morning yet again. I'm Ronnie um, in Missouri, compulsive overeater. Uh, sorry about that jumping in. You know, I told myself I was number three in the queue, but I was four. And uh, that that's indicative of my whole life, raising myself up one level from where I am. And that's quite true. Anyway, this, the reading, it doesn't matter how many times I read it I, or listen to it, I always get more and more out of it. And uh, today, for the first time, I realized that when Ben, when Bill went out with his wife and actually was successful, right, came back and had that big bonus and, you know, stuff and all of that stuff, that would be me thinking, for sure, I did that. It would be like be so difficult to say, God did that. So let me keep going back to God for the good stuff. Let me keep going back. And when I keep going back to God for real, I keep getting good stuff. So for the last few days, you know, uh, I talked with my sponsor last night, you know, I ate a food that I said I wouldn't eat anymore. Now, I just want to say this for myself. If it was the food I can't eat, I wouldn't be on the phone today. I, I'd be off. I'd be finished. I'd be on who knows how many years of a relapse, right? But but that's not what happened, and I have to tell myself that to not go over the top, to not make something that wasn't good horrific. And so just for today when I woke up, I opened my eyes and I said, thank you, God, for everything. And I appreciate 
your help with my food. And that's something I haven't done the last few days. I do wake up saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. I wasn't including the food. And, you know, I have to tell you that, I, you know, I still think somewhere lurking in the back of my mind is the thought that someday maybe I can eat this food even though I can't eat that food. And the truth of the matter is, is if I eat any of those, it leads me to a very dark place. And then, and then I'm there for a very long time. So it's my ego, my ego has really um, gotten me into a whole lot of trouble. You know, years ago I had this really great job and I prayed and meditated. This is a fact every day, every day, every day, minimum an hour, minimum an hour. And I was so successful at that job because I prayed and God elevated me. But every once in a while today when I tell people about that job, I'm like, yeah, did I ever tell you what I did? And I got to tell you, inside my voice stops me and says, just stop. Just just be grateful God allowed that and put you in a really good place so that you could retire early and not be over the top, not be rich, not forget over the top. But you can sustain yourself through the rest of your natural life, whatever that is. So, yes, I need God. I need to turn over everything I just did because my ego needs a hammer to, to be smashed today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ronnie B. Shana C., and then we'll take more names after Shana. Good morning. This is uh, Shana C., uh, gratefully recovered from East Tennessee. Um, it's a miracle for my life. Um, this paragraph uh, just absolutely reminds me of, um, uh, of me um, growing up with the ideas and the hope, uh, you know, you know, as a child, you know, I have these ideas that I'm going to be somebody someday. I'm going to prove to the world I'm important. And, you know, I get all this hope, uh, schools, you know, advertisements, parents who has who have hopes in me and, and things like that. And I'm a, I'm a person who wants to be successful. Those instincts, you know, the, the desire for security, self-esteem, uh, sense of purpose, all those things are, are there. Um, and I, I see this, you know, these ideas that are, um, that, you know, that I know that I had and I, I set out to be successful like, like I wanted to be, um, you know, but the problem, God, with, with that was uh, I didn't, I didn't have the power to make those things happen. I didn't know that I didn't have the power. Um, I didn't know that I was a, a obsessive person that was completely full of self and I thought that I had the power to make all these things happen and I thought that it, those things needed to happen in order for um, for me to matter and um, so what this brings me to is like when I took inventory and things is just my utter powerlessness over my mind and ego's ability to create outcomes and theories that I need to live up to in order for me to live a happy life and su successful life according to my plan. That's what I'm ultimately powerless over. When those plans fail, I'm seeking ease and comfort. And for me, it's, you know, it's the food. Um, and then the, those character traits 
manifest themselves in every area of my life, in my relationships. I'll come up with these ideas. This is how it ought to be, yada, yada. And this, you know, and I'm going to make it happen. Same way with controlling and enjoying my food. Same way with, you know, my job. It's going to be this. That's, that's what I'm powerless over. You know, I have this broken mind that cannot fix things and I can't and I fail to see that I can't I, I don't have the power to do this and my real reliance must come from a higher power um, and these steps allow me to do that that inventorying and, and looking at those old actions and ideas and what didn't work and admitting that my powerlessness over it you know enables God's power to flow in and I love the part on page 100 later on in the book where it says you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress if you persist meaning in these steps oh remarkable things will happen you will find um, um, the things that came to us were better than anything we could have planned so with that uh, grateful to be on here grateful to uh, have a program that really works and rest going and with that I'll pass thank you Shanna C not Shanna C <laughs> Um, okay so um, again if you haven't shared in the past couple of days and would like to share on the second and third paragraphs on page two in the big book that began with by the time I had and ended with dollars for that year you could give me your first name and last initial Karen K. Rebecca A. Karen J. Melissa. Melissa. Larry Jen A. Melissa. Larry. And I think Jen. Okay, let me tell you who I heard. Karen J. Rebecca something. Melissa something. Larry K. And Jen something. And you can give me your last initials when I call on you. Did I miss anybody? Yvette L. Yvette L. And does anybody else want to get in the queue that I didn't miss or that I did miss? Barbara M. Barbara M. Okay. Let's see how we do with this list. I didn't compare it to the time. Hopefully we have time for everyone. Karen, Rebecca, Melissa, Larry, Jen, Yvette, and Barbara. Karen, Jay, go right ahead. Hi, I'm Karen Kay from Syracuse, New York, and I'm a recovered compulsive eater and my credit stone transfer. Uh, Bill's story, um, of those of you who lived in the 80s and listened to rock music, it reminds me of Ozzy Osbourne's song, I, 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 All About Me. I'm not much, but it's all I think about. Um, what's come to me in meditation the past two days in my 11th step is um, memory of how my higher power was developed and how important, no, we're not on step two, and how important that step two process is and, and to surrender. And, and it's a surrender on a daily basis, not my will, but yours be done. So the ladies that I'm working with now, God touched my heart and remembered what my sponsor said to me years ago. She she's leaving my house. And she goes, you know, Karen, why don't you write down the best relationship that you would ever want to have? So I'm like, oh, cool. This is awesome. So I did it. And I wrote a, a full-size page. And so we meet again. And I called her. I really can't remember. It was so long ago. And so she goes, how does that um, 
let her do it. And I said, you know, it's pretty good. She goes, can any human power fill it? And I said, no. And I brought a new one this morning, and I have a loving God that will be there with me through everything, not just about the food, but he'll be there when I'm lonely. He'll hold me when I'm crying. He'll be there when I'm in joy. He'll be there when I'm in sadness. And I know my God works through all of you when you share and all the technical stuff that's done during this meeting, that he's protecting this meeting and working through everyone in this, in this uh, meeting. And I'm just so blessed in my heart that I know God is my number one dude. You know, he's the dude in my house. He reigns my house. He reigns my heart. He reigns my mind. And he reigns my body. And, you know, the food just comes. With that, I'll pass. God bless all of you. Thank you, Karen Kay. Rebecca. Hi, yeah. Rebecca A. from London in the UK. Go right ahead. Hi, I'm Rebecca. Thanks. Hi, I'm Rebecca, compulsive overeater. Really grateful to be here. Um, thank you for everybody doing service and thank you for your shares. Um, this part in the text is uh, so interesting. And uh, for me, like with others, I just hear a lot of ego and a lot of that beginning of um, an ego being kind of uh, completely out of control. And I really <laughs> recognize this in my own life. You know, from a young age, uh, I had a vocation and I had something I was really interested and passionate about. And, uh, you know, I was given kind of natural gifts in that area and, um, you know, started out working hard and being honest. But it soon turned into ego and trying to control the world and trying to conquer it. And uh, I really resonate with the insanity of this last paragraph where, you know, you've got the tents, the blankets going across the country, super ambitious, super determined, but completely insane <laughs> at the same time. Um, and yeah, I, I've seen that in my life as well, uh, where good intentions just get hijacked by ego. And um, I, 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 all over this paragraph. And for me, yeah, that was all over my life, you know. Um, I'm lucky that I've come into this program and I'm 32. So maybe, you know, by God's grace, I don't have to live the rest of my life dominated by I, I, I and my ego. But, you know, it pops up every day. It's a daily work to keep it right sized. Um, but yeah, this is a really fascinating part of the big book. And I'm delighted to be able to share this morning. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rebecca A. Melissa. Hi, Rebecca. It's Melissa C. Thanks. Oh, Melissa C. Go right ahead. Hi. Thank you. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and I hope I'm coming in okay. I'm actually driving today. So, um, you know, I, um, I, I have like a little different angle, I think, when I read this story. I think wow, this is a guy who, like, what intellect and how strong and so determined and full of, I mean, these sound like awesome characteristics and qualities, and to the rest of the world, they are. Like, I don't think that the the addict is unique 
and wanting to be successful. I think that's like the human condition. We we want to be well. We want to do. We want to forge ahead. And I think that's like the natural instinct, you know, to 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 get our peace. You know, the problem is, um, and and I could speak for me is I'm an addict, and so I can't live the way the rest of the world can live. You know, in in my step one understanding is I'm a distinct entity. I'm different from other people. Not only do I require a different way of eating and approaching food, I have to have a different code, a different way that I have to live my life. And what I love about Bill's story, and here I really hear, like, you know, this drive for success, this need to, to do something, to be something. I think his story is just an amazing um, transformation, and, and it's evident that God takes our instincts and reshapes them into bringing good, because Bill did actually wind up being this incredible, wonderful success, only it wasn't the way that he dreamed, you know, like at the end of his story, and I know we're nowhere there, but um, that, like, need, that drive, that determination, that enthusiasm is reformed, reshaped, and it's all, it's like everything he minds, he gives it away completely, and that becomes his his entire focus, and, um, and that's the way, you know, that's that's what I ask for God's help in the morning, to take my instincts and reshape them and make them useful, and um, thanks for that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa C. Larry Kay. Hey, Rebecca, good morning. Thanks so much for your service. Uh, much appreciated. You know, in thinking about what we read this morning, um, it, 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 I'd like to I think about the notion of, of, uh, of what's referred to as the God bug syndrome, the God bug syndrome. It, it, it's kind of like the feeling of greatness, you know, walking hand in hand with the feeling of smallness that plagues so many people today. And, you know, like, how can a person like Bill, you know, brim over with life energy and he's got big plans one moment. And then, of course, we're going to see he feels small and and uh, and and depressed the next. And he can cycle exactly that way because of this sort of God bug syndrome. You know, it's, it's remarkable that the same person can feel so superior and also at the same time so very small. And yet we see this picture all the time as evidenced in, uh, by Bill's early rise that we're reading about here, you know, um, but then we're going to see the chronic sadness and mood swings and cycles of effort and lethargy, you know, and, and secret self-soothing he's going to find through the vice of, of drinking. And it manifests itself. And, and it reminds me of like the college professor who's, who's famous for his theories and also his addictions. And the painter whose art is exhibited all over the place, right? Um, and he's also a chronic hoarder at home. And the physicist, this brilliant physicist by day, and, and she's an insomniac at night. And the attorney who's on the line that can't be, you know, out-argued by anyone, very successful, but she's ballooned to three or 400 pounds. See, this is the God bug syndrome in action for me. And as Craig, you know, got us started, he eloquently alluded to, it's the ego that is driving the circumstance and the steps are going to 
are going to treat that ego, are going to right-size that ego. And the ego, you know, um, the, the ego is something that God instilled in us. It's not to be erased, no question. But the ego, at the, you know, the self-absorption is something that, that you know, that, that steps are going to right-size, are going to treat. One of my friends this weekend, he, he said something over the weekend. He said, it just made me chuckle. He said, my ego is not my amigo. You know, my ego is not my amigo. And that, that made me laugh. No, it is not. It is not my amigo. It needs to be recalibrated here the way God intends it. Because we, we do need to think about self or survival, but in the context of an other-centeredness. I can't be absorbed in self. When I'm too absorbed in self, uh, then I'm going to look for, then drinking and eating in our case is going to feel uh, like it's a, you know, a step up. So grateful to learn, learn all the time this new stuff. It's new to me. It's fresh to me every time we read it. With that, I pass. Thanks so much, Rebecca. Thank you, Larry Kay. Jen? Hi. Good morning, Rebecca. (laughs) It's Jen A. Jen A. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for hearing half of me. This is Jenna. Good morning. Recovered um, compulsive overeater from Colorado. And um, oh boy, can I identify in with Bill? You know, I was the girl, um, you know, I had the big head. I thought I was, um, I thought I was the one. I was totally conceited, right? Full of, full of pride, full of admiration for myself and self-importance was like, oh, look at me, I'm Jen Marie, right? Um, There was a song that played over and over in my head, right? It does today. Now, it it didn't before. I didn't see it. Um, You're so vain. (laughs) And I sing it today. You probably think this life is about you, and it's not. (laughs) Um, And I, I didn't even see it. Um, you know why I didn't see it? Because I was drowning in the food, in the exercise, in the laxatives, in the vomiting, um, in my bulimia. Like, that was who I was. I was so self-absorbed and self-consumed um, because if I looked a certain way, I would be accepted. I would become successful. I would be liked. Um, And if I wasn't, I wasn't going to get the admiration and what I needed from everybody around me. And and I thought that was truth, right? Um, But little did I know um, that I was dying inside. And I love how uh, my sister Melissa said today, right? She talked about the molding. Um, When I came into this program and I put the food down and I embarked on the steps um, and um, I I abandoned myself in step three and gave my life and my will over to God. He began to take a girl like me and create the most beautiful sculpture, right? He chiseled away every little inch of that stone to bring about something magnificent. At least I believe it's magnificent today. And that's not my ego talking. That's just the way I feel Um, The way I relate to other people today, um, I I feel beautiful inside and outside today. I don't feel like this egomaniac, right, trying to get my way, my way or the highway. That's how it used to be for me. But he's molded me. And the best part is giving me more of a heart like his. 
That's the change. That's the change when I abandon myself to God. When I die to self, that's unselfishness, right? That's self-abandonment. I'm abandoning myself over to God. Um, and, and my favorite line in program when I first, first got recovered was, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God. And I must have said that all the time. And um, I think it was, it, it was a good thing for me to keep saying because I had to keep giving credit where credit was due in this program. I heard a woman on the line, and she would say that in the morning, and her shares just sparkled in my ears, right? Um, and I'll just, I'll just end with this, but, um, you know, um, I always have to remember that there is no I in we or G-O-D, and that's how I continue to live my life today is connected to God, connected to others. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Jenna. Yvette L. Good morning. My name is Yvette L. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New Britain, Connecticut. Um, I love um, these paragraphs. Um, I love uh, what I've heard about ego um, because as I um, listened to, as I was I walking this morning, um, you know, somebody talked about the number of eyes that were in these couple of paragraphs and um when I remember, uh, I remember reading uh, the big book years ago, um, I had um, a challenge relating to some of this um, in Bill's story because I um, had a different experience. Um, I didn't think I was the best. Um, I thought I was the worst. Um, and it wasn't until I, you know, years later when I read the AA 12 and 12 and it talked about pride in reverse, um, you know, thinking that I am the worst human being um, is, is as much about my ego as thinking that I am the best. Um, so part of my ego deflation, um, you know, my practice in the morning is uh, connecting with my power, um, you know, reducing my ego. I don't, gratefully, I don't think I'm the worst anymore. I don't think I'm the best anymore. I am on equal footing with all the other humans on this planet. And for me, that's a huge amount of growth um, because feeling like I'm the, the worst human, um, you know, left me full of self-pity, which led me straight to the food. Um, so gratefully, um, you know, I do try to, you know, reduce that ego um, every morning because that's the work that I need to do to stay in fit spiritual condition. And then I'm able to be a useful instrument of my higher power. Um, and I've got skills and abilities and, and traits and qualities just like everybody else. And gratefully today, um, I allow, you know, get I get out of my way and allow my higher power to guide how I use those gifts and abilities today. Um, and that's led to a really amazing life. It's not easy all the time. It's not perfect, but it's a pretty, um, a pretty incredible way to live with this design of living um, in my life. But I got to work at it. Um, you know, my disease doesn't take a day off, which means, you know, gratefully today, my recovery doesn't take a day off. Um, every morning I get up, I thank my higher power for yesterday and, you know, try to align my will with my higher powers will so I can have, uh, you know, the best day that I can have today. Um, and I'm just so grateful um, that I set aside what I thought I knew because uh, last year when I surrendered, I surrendered to the fact that I didn't know, you know, excuse my language, but I didn't know poop <laughs> after all these years in program and I needed to take a fresh look at this material. And I'm so glad I ne never left these rooms. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Yvette L. and Barbara M. You'll close us out, I think.
We'll see how it goes. Barbara M, star one to unmute. Can you, I'm Barbara M from Pennsylvania. Good morning, Barbara. Um, I'm a little nervous. This is uh, my second day with you all. And um, I'm very grateful to have found you. And um, I was feeling like, um, I guess the darkness, um, the isolation had kind of, and the ugliness, it just, I felt overpowered and that there was no hope. Um, until I, someone told me about you all. And so yesterday when I was on and was welcomed, um, I got so many responses. It was just amazing. And um, so I had an abstinent day yesterday. And um, I think in reading this paragraph, um, what struck uh, stuck out to me was um, the sentence, I commenced to forge the weapon that one day would turn its flight like a boomerang and all but cut me to ribbons. And yes, I do believe that my ego and self-will created such a facade to hide the pain that actually created such a facade of of um, that I was okay when I was really suffering. And it grew and grew and grew. And um, so for me to feel hope um, is such a gift. Um, so I'm, I'm very grateful. Uh, thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Barbara M. We've got two minutes left. Does anybody want some? One minute left. <laughs> Did this I hear a voice? Hi, this is Sheila from Massachusetts. Go for it, Sheila. And Hi, good morning. I just want to thank you all for the meeting. And um, I was thinking as I was listening to everybody, um, you know, we're all children of God, and we have different things, but we are at the same with our addictions and all the symptoms. And I, um, I, I've had the opportunity to meet like people like uh, Buzz A, the astronaut, and Betty Ford, and you know, at all these uh, alcoholic fundraisers. And um, you know, um, I actually got to meet Lois Wilson. Um, and in 1985 in Canada, and I think about <laughs> how how perfect we are in so many ways, and how many gifts that God has given us. But we're we're addicts, and we're all in the same boat. And it's just amazing all the gifts that He's given, even His frail and uh, addicted people, and um, I'm just so happy uh, that I got to see 60,000 people stand up and applaud 
little Lois, who died, I think, the following year or the year after at in her 90s. Um, but I'm just really grateful today. I just got out of the hospital. I have a lot of trouble with my upper spine and may have surgery. I'm 78, and um, I am in my first day of abstinence again. So I just ask for prayers, and I love you all. Thank you so much, and just love yourself the way God made you. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Sheila, before you mute, what's the first initial of your last name? Oh, Sheila Sheila O. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm closing this out. Okay, Sheila was our last share for this first hour. Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, September 1st, 2020, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 15,257. That's 15257. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Ginger C. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation, which you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.